Hi, everybody. My name is June 6th, and the MTMV Sports Song of the Week is my new song, Memoirs. You can find that song on all platforms, including Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, YouTube, and everywhere else. God bless. What's going on, family? This is your boy, DJ Preach, the founder of The Life Show Radio. And I see that you're doing great things right now by keeping it locked here on the MTMV Sports Podcast. Yeah, I better be talking about the Carolina Panthers. Let's go. Welcome back, everybody, to an episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. This is uh, episode number 110, dedicated to a woman who on July 2nd, 1927, beat Spaniard Lily Alvarez to win her first of eight Wimbledon titles. Miss Helen Willis Moody. And as always, thank you for sitting in downloading to the episode of the podcast. On today's episode, we are joined by Mr. Ryan Roberts, once again, Director of Scouting for NFL Draft Bible, to talk about the draft-eligible quarterbacks for the upcoming 2021 NFL Draft. And this has been an exciting time. Like I mentioned earlier, we are in a string, a series, you may want to say, of having different guests come on to get us ready for the upcoming NFL draft. We had Ms. Grace Rayner on, Clemson beat writer for The Athletic on last week, Ryan Roberts today. I believe next week is the Dallas Cowboys. The week after that is the Chicago Bears. Exciting things happening around both of those squads. So it'll be exciting to kind of have a deep dive to go into what is going on with those particular teams. Two quick announcements before we get to the conversation I had with Mr. Ryan Roberts. This is the last episode that'll be on the MTNV Sports Podcast Network and the MTNV Sports Podcast Network uh, listening podcast feed. So if you want to continue, if you're part of that family, part of that group, and you want to continue to listen to the Jay Stevens Podcast on a regular basis, search the Jay Stevens Podcast on your podcast listening platform, the one of your choosing, and you'll be able to find this this podcast in the same form. Nothing changes at least two, sometimes three times a week. So my time with MTV has been, has been fun, but every good thing has to come to an end at some point, and this is that end point with our time together. Also, the Buckeye beat with Jay Stevens. I know I, I have announced it before, but the Buckeye beat with Jay Stevens, a new podcast that will be found on the Unscripted Ohio Podcast Network. That'll be coming up next week. So search Unscripted Ohio Podcast Network on your p- favorite listening uh, podcast listening platform, and you'll be able to catch that there. That'll be dropping next week. Be focused on my Twitter page, at jstevens07, and you'll be able to find all the details about that show there. So, last time with MTNV Sports Podcast Network, it has been fun, and you'll be able to catch the J. Stevens Podcast on the same app you're listening to this one, this one right now. Just go ahead and search the J. Stevens Podcast. You'll find that, and then exciting times on the Buckeye Pete with J. Stevens, a part of the Unscripted Ohio Podcast Network. Be looking out for that as well. Let's go ahead and take a trip to Burlington, New Jersey to once again enjoy a fun conversation with Mr. Ryan Roberts, Director of Scouting for NFL Draft Bible, as we look at the draft-eligible quarterbacks for the 2021 NFL Draft. Hey, Ryan, welcome back to the podcast. 
Thanks, Jay. Appreciate you having me on, man. It's uh, always a pleasure being able to catch up. Um, just talking some ball, man. Nothing's happening right now, so appreciate you having me back. Yeah, man, no problem. No problem. I really appreciate you coming back on. Since the last time we had you here on the podcast, you've had some things going on with your, with your job, with the NFL Draft Bible, and then some other shows. I was actually able to listen to you, Joe, and Alex earlier today talk about the 2021 running back class. Um, tell a little bit about – I know I kind of dumped some stuff out there, but tell the listeners what's new in you, with you and your life, then also some things you're doing um, with a podcast and things like that. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, so, you know, just from a personal level, trying to get through everything that's happening right now, you know, with um, continued stuff with the pandemic and just trying to work through everything. But, you know, as you mentioned, a, a small promotion, I would call it. It's nothing extreme. It was kind of, I'm kind of doing the same work I really was doing in NFL Draft Bible, which is, you know, a nicer sounding director of scouting term or whatever. So all good there. Like you said, Believe Podcast Network, we were over at the Brawl Network. So we just are literally taking our podcast over to a different network just because Believe uh, we think is a great platform and we're kind of excited. Like you said, Al- Alex, uh, Alex Gilstrap, Jody Leone, and myself are just talking some NFL drafts. It's called Believe in NFL Draft Prospects, and that, that first episode dropped today. So if you haven't heard it with the running back group, anybody out there listening, uh, listen. we're really excited just about the content we're putting out there. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it just, started, got, just got hired by Pro Football Network as well. I'm doing some pieces on the Browns um, with Jeff Lloyd and a couple other great guys on Twitter. So, you know, just trying to expand a little bit, dip in a couple different markets. And um, I'm just really excited. You know, it's, it's a lot of work, uh, not much free time right now, but uh, it's, it's a ton of fun. So. It is. And for all the listeners out there, when I tweet out the link to this episode that you're listening to, I'll also under that tweet the link to the Believe episode when Ryan, Alex, and Joe talk about the 2021 running back draft class. I thoroughly enjoyed that, Ryan. Um, now, would that be a weekly thing, a biweekly thing? How many times a week will that particular one come out? Yeah, so, so I mean, first of all, I appreciate the, uh, the compliment there. And it's, uh, it's going to be twice a week thing, so how it's going to work is on Tuesdays, Right now, we're going to do a positional preview. So, like, next week will be wide receivers moving on from running backs. But Thursday this week, and it's going to kind of be a running trend every week, we're going to have an interview segment, which uh, this week uh, Joe interviewed uh, Justin Covington, who's a running back out of Villanova. I interviewed Charles Williams, who's a running back out of UNLV. So we're going to kind of give you some prospect interview segments along with the weekly podcast as well. So Tuesday's podcast – when, uh, Thursdays are going to be our po- our prospect um, spotlight interview kind of section. Yeah, I would thoroughly enjoy you guys checking that out. Um, I don't really – I'm very picky with the podcast that I pick. And this – I mean, before I came across Ryan on Twitter and the other two guys, Alex and Joe, I didn't listen to any draft prospect, any draft analysis podcast because – most guys bored me, but you guys put it out there in a, in a fun way. It's very fun because you and Alex go back and forth sometimes comparing each other's draft boards and how you guys are ranking people. But it's very fun to just see you, Joe, Alex, well, listen to it. I'm um, listening to you guys literally just go back and forth, sharing a knowledge, sharing what you see, and then also just kind of <laughs> pushing each other. I think Alex said that he had watched uh, 30 running backs. I was like, dude, are you crazy? Like, it's, 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 it's Jude. But he was like, that's the first thing I've done. But that just shows like how dedicated you guys are to providing great analysis. Um, how has this – we'll get into quarterbacks here in a second. But how has this period, um, this summer, either been the same for you or been different with COVID-19? I mean, so it's been, it's been pretty uh, standard for myself. You know, it's right now is the summer scouting. So you're just grinding right now as many guys as you can just so you can kind of get a comprehensive, large-scope picture of the entire draft in, in general. Uh, I know in the scouting world, though, like team – uh, scouting, you know, guys that are working for an NFL team specifically, it's it's a very different world. You know, they are usually getting ramping up for campus visits, 
Who knows what's going to happen for that? I think the scouting world in general is going to kind of get put on, you know, kind of get put on top of their head here and trying to figure out things day by day, you know, with no campus visits and the all-star game crews, you know, the senior bowls and stuff, making those visits over to different campuses and stuff. I don't think that's going to be a thing. So it's going to be kind of the, the average Twitter scout is going to be watching a lot of films. So for myself, with how I do with NFL Draft Bible is I wouldn't really get out into the campuses until like game visits anyway. So right now, the summer period's been been pretty standard. And, you know, as always, just enjoying the process right now. Speak of the process, kind of good segue there. This 2021 draft class, how have you specifically viewed this draft class comparing it to last football season? I know it's going a little bit – when comparing it to last football season when getting ready for knowing these guys will be draft eligible at one point, how have they progressed? Who, is, who maybe has stood out? No, let's, let's do it this way first. I'll get to the standout point in a second. How have, how have these guys – has anything changed from the beginning of the, the last year until this year? Or have things kind of stayed the same for the most part? Uh, I, I think the really cool thing is, is I actually love comparing like back-to-back classes. So like mm-hmm. 2020 to 2021, just because we just got done with 2020. So like that stuff is fresh in my mind. You know, people aren't asking me to pull up like a 2017 scouting report, right? Like we're comparing right, like almost a mirror image. So like I'm looking at the 2020 compared to 2021. And there are definitely some similarities in, in, a, in the sense of wide receiver group is amazing again. You know, it is a, a dynamite group, but then it's really nice to get those groups where you're like, oh, man, thank God we're getting a little influx of talent. Because, like, last year's tight end crew was, was rough. Yeah. This year's tight end class, at least the top three, is exceptional. And uh, the safety group, you know, last year was okay. This year's safety group is really nice. Linebacker group this year is better than 2020. I, I feel very confident in that. So I just love being able to compare the back-to-back classes because you can really see the differences very quickly. You know, I feel like most – comparisons you have to go and look back at your notes and you know just think a little too much for this it's like a quick recollection of that position group I like it a lot more than where I was this past year and you know just early impressions I I like 2021 man there's a lot of talent coming out so I'm excited just to dig a little deeper in here with you when you are have looked at specifically the quarterbacks we're going to take the rest of the time talking about those specifically the quarterbacks in this draft class what do you see I see a lot of tools, you know, it's um, the 2020 group, like Tua was very talented. Um, there was Jordan Love was very talented. Justin Herbert was very talented. Those guys kind of hit the, the high marks and pure, and pure athletic ability, arm strength, those types of things. But the top of the class was Joe Burrow because he was just so refined, you know, but like this, you go down the top three guys that we're talking about, I'm sure very early in this show here and Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson, Justin Fields, quarterback from Ohio State, and Trey Lance, quarterback from North Dakota State. Those guys all check those boxes. You know, I don't see a big riser in the sense of I don't see somebody overtaking Trevor Lawrence as quarterback one or even maybe Justin Fields as two or three or whatever it is. I feel like those three guys are going to end up in kind of a rarity to be the final three, but it's just really nice to be able to see that the talent at the top. After those three gets a little murky, that's where you're kind of throwing darts. Like, I think this guy could be quarterback four. I think this guy could be quarterback five. But I just – it's been such a refreshing thing to be able to see not only these guys at the top that have, you know, the, the mental acumen, have the on the off the fields, you know, that people speak their praises, but also the talent matches. You know, everything that we've heard of Trevor Lawrence is true. Everything we've heard of Justin Fields is true. Trey Lance is the, is the uh, question mark because he's coming from a smaller school, but everything we've heard about him from what I've seen so far is also true. 
you mentioned a couple things. They have tools. You look for tools, and they check the boxes. So with the quarterback, and I'm going to ask you to describe Trey Lance here very quickly after this part, the part about the, checking the boxes, because Trey Lance is kind of the guy. We know about Trevor Lawrence. We know about Justin Fields. But Trey Lance is a guy that you hear North Dakota State, you hear about winning program, but no one really watches FCS schools, so no one really knows about him. So I'll ask you to highlight him very quickly here in a second. What, what boxes are you looking for with the quarterback saying, these are the boxes and they check all of them? So quarterback is the most – grueling I don't know if grueling is the right word but it's the most in-depth evaluation process because I don't just watch the film on quarterbacks I go and I try to find everything I can when it comes to interviews with them speaking interviews with players speaking about them coaches speaking about them it's my favorite uh, group to uh, interview because I like to hear them talk football you know schematically I want to hear what type of person they are there's so many things that go into being the potential face of a franchise it's not just Hey, man, he's on the field. He can read one, two, three, go through his progressions, hit the open man accurately. Like, those things are obviously paramount to playing the position. But it's the things between the ears, you know. It's the stuff off the field. This is a guy that, no matter if he is that, quote-unquote, vocal leader off the field, he is a leader by default. You are the face of a franchise. So it's it's so tough, man, because, like, most of the time, I can't even tell you if a quarterback's going to be really successful until I see what, what the situation he's landing in. But – these guys, from what everything I've seen, every interview I've heard, the most in-depth evaluation of these quarterbacks, they, I think a couple of these guys really have it, man. And it's, uh, it's really nice to see, but it also makes it tough because, you know, you can't just watch the film and say, hey, man, that's it. You know, that guy's good. You have to listen to everything. There is going to be ups and downs, especially at the quarterback position. And, you know, it's very cliche, but it's how a guy, you know, reacts to being knocked down. If he can get up, if he can do those types of things to elevate the players and the organization around him. I understand that. And Trey Lance, I had heard you, I had seen, I had heard another individual say, this Trey Lance guy, he may be the best. I don't know if you said these words, not you specifically, but someone said this Trey Lance guy, he has the possibility to be the best quarterback in the draft class. And I'm, I was thinking, Okay, well, you already have Trevor Lawrence. You already have Justin Fields. I went to a website, and they had Jamie Newman number four. And so I know when you go from Lawrence to Fields to Newman, there is a drop-off significantly from the top two to the other one. Well, I say from the other two. Well, Lance was above Newman, and a lot of people may be wondering, I know about Jamie Newman. Below Newman on this site was Kellen Mond, Sam Ellinger, KJ Costello. So I heard about all these guys. And this Trey Lance guy, he's different. I like different. People thinking, I like different. But when it comes to NFL quarterbacks, I don't want a guy to be drafted in the first round by my favorite team that I know nothing about. What makes Trey Lance so special? Yeah, so if I had to rank them today, which I don't really do because I don't do full evaluations in the summer. I just do, you know, I have my notes, strengths, where I need to see improvement in, that type of thing, you know, just a couple little tidbits about the player, that type of thing. But right now, if I was ranking them, I'm pretty sure that I would have Trey Lance as quarterback too. And that is just because – from a mental processing perspective, and I know people talk about, hey, man, it's pretty easy to play in that offense, being able to be, you know, on a dominant football team for the level. And I get that, you know, he doesn't get pressed into adverse situations in an incredible degree, but I've seen him go through one, two, three reads. I've seen him, you know, look guys off. I've seen him be able to do those those mental things from a pre-snap perspective. I've seen him go under center, which – it's not so much of like, hey, you know, being able to take a snap. It's the, it's the ball handling aspect, you know, different play actions, different handoffs, different things, different footwork. I've seen him do more than I've seen Justin Fields do right now. So 
you couple that fact of that he's asked to do a decent amount of things, and then you add in the fact of like, hey, man, this guy's 6'3", this guy's 224 pounds, this guy's athletic, this guy has a cannon for an arm. Maybe, you know, besides Trevor Lawrence, I think he probably has the second-best arm in this class. There is some – I mean, there's some throws on film that he's throwing 70 easy. Like, it's, it doesn't even look difficult. So when you add in that athletic profile – with the ability of him to do multiple things at this stage in his career, I'm going to take a gamble on that right now, even though the okay. level isn't great because he is, you know, it's not like he looks good against FCS opponents. He looks like he's like two cuts above these guys. He's the best athlete every time he's on the field and I'm buying into it, man. I really am. There is, there's a lot to like there and it, and it obviously helps him a little bit that Carson Wentz has been successful coming from the same Correct. program. You know, we've seen the transition so I'm buying all Trey Lance stock right now. Not quarterback one for me, but he's he's firmly probably in that quarterback two conversation. So on my list here, um, I got quarterback two on your list. And I recently talked to and had a beat writer, a Clemson football, Clemson beat writer on and asked her, it was a female, I asked her this question, what makes Trevor Lawrence so special? So with you someone, she sees him from a different aspect than you do. You scout, she's there with the team on a day-to-day basis. What, in your eyes, makes Trevor Lawrence special? So it's, it's the easy things to say. You know, you see the 6'6", six, six plus, you see the 220, you see an athlete, you see an incredible arm. Like, those things are very easy to, to just watch film and say, like, hey, that, that, those are the quote-unquote boxes, right? But then it's the, again, hearing him in interviews – it's the stuff with the with um, everything that was happening with the riots and everything, and he the Black Lives Matter movement. Him standing up and being being outspoken in those situations. This guy is a natural born leader. On top of being this talented, which you don't see sometimes, it could be easy for this guy to be very full of himself. To be, you know, he is the golden boy, right? People are already calling him the best quarterback to come out since Andrew Luck, and he might be that. But it's not just the fact of hey, you can quantify all that those things that he does, but then it's the things behind the scenes. It's the leadership ability. It's the spirituality that he brings. There is He's just cut from a different cloth. And uh, for me, he's clear-cut quarterback one. And I think that, you know, despite the fact that there are times on film where he wants to do too much, you know, there, he has a, a God-given arm where not many people have ever had it. And he thinks that he can make every play, which – you know, if we watch Brett Favre back in the day, can can come back to hurt you sometimes, and yeah. it comes back to hurt Trevor Lawrence big time. So there's some things that he needs to clean up. But man, you can't watch Trevor Lawrence and listen to Trevor Lawrence and not think that you have something special there. Justin Fields, want to keep with your top three once again, and I'll the next after this, we're going to go right into some sleepers, some people that some guys people may be sleeping on. But Justin Fields, his numbers last year jumped off the page. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't watch a game and then look at the box score afterwards and be like, wow, this guy's going to be a first-round pick. He's going to have a chance to be um, an NFL starter someday, pro bowler. I mean, these are just things that the new age person says when looking at a box score because uh, a lot of people don't know how to look at box scores and say, oh, the box score says this. They had that kind of game. No, watch the, watch, watch the game. Watch the film. Maybe the box score doesn't show the full story of how that person played that in that game. But Justin Fields, he's a special player. But how do you think he can improve his draft stock? It's a little tough just because it it was a similar thing with Dwayne Haskins coming out. And it's not a comparison directly because Justin Fields is much more talented than Dwayne Haskins. I think his arm's stronger. I think he's much more athletic. It's not a direct comparison. It's a comparison in the fact of Ohio State has a very simple, simplistic offensive structure. You know, there is a whole lot of mesh crossing routes. There's a lot of easy reads. There's not a lot of tight window throws. And that honestly 
while it might fill up the, the, the box score that you're talking about, right? It fills up the stat sheet. It's not fully translatable to the NFL because those windows are not going to be that open. So in no fault to Justin Fields' zone, there is not a lot of tight window throws. It's, it's, and, you know, Ohio State has no need to change their offense because it works. But right. from an NFL draft perspective, like I'm waiting to see a throw where I, you know, I see a window that is an NFL caliber, quote-unquote NFL throw. I'm waiting to see it. Justin Fields has all the tools, though. So you're going to gamble on it. It's just the silver. I think that he's a guy that when he gets in the NFL, there's going to be that quote unquote, um, you know, trial and error period where you have to kind of bring him along a little slowly. But in the long term, the dividends are going to play huge because, you know, you don't make guys this athletic with this type of arm strength too often, even though we have three guys in this class, which is why I'm super excited this class overall. Yeah, I feel that. Who are some guys? I don't care how many you have when you list this off. Who would you who would you say? Um, would fit your sleeper category with this year's quarterback class? Sleepers. Um, so let's go. First guy I like a good amount is uh, Stanford kid Davis Mills. He took over for KJ Costello, who transferred to play with Mike Leach at Mississippi State this year. Davis Mills was a really high recruit, like five-star by, by some publications. There is a lot of talent there. He is a 6'4 signal caller. He took over for KJ Costello, and he outplayed Costello by a large margin, who – and, you know, if you were around for scouting summer last year, there, there was a lot of hype about Costello going into 2020, uh, 2019 season. So um, Davis Mills outplayed him. Davis Mills did a lot of nice things. I, I really like tools that he has to work with. He has some good changing of arm speeds. He throws a good touch. There's a lot to work with there. So I'm a big fan of him. Um, that's kind of my pick to be that guy because I know a lot of guys are talking about Kyle Trask. They're talking about Jamie Newman as being that – could that be, there be a Joe Burrow-esque um, you know, climb this year in the quarterback class. But for me, I think that's the guy that if everything kind of clicks from this year, he could have that potential rise. And then if I, if I want to throw one more guy out, I don't know if he'll be in the 2021 cycle just because he's only a true junior and he's playing um, in, the, in the AAC conference, the American uh, Athletic Conference, and that's Holton Allers that plays at Eastern, uh, Eastern Carolina, ECU. Okay. Now, he's a little unorthodox. He's not going to be for everyone. He's a lefty. He's a big lefty. He's like 6'3", 235 pounds. Pretty nice athlete, though. You know, he's one of the best athletes every time he's on the field. And he has a relatively strong arm. It's just there is, you know, a slow processing at times. And then he's got a very funky release. He's kind of like the Philip Rivers lefty version. So some guys are going to knock him for the release. It's a little slow, but there's there's some arm strength to work with there, and then there's a really nice athlete. So Holton Allers, Davis Mills are kind of a couple guys that I like a little bit. Who are – who do you think – and I'm going to say this really quickly and then get to one guy that I don't think either of us have mentioned yet. Um, who do you think is – I don't want to be that guy. I don't, I don't want to say anyone's going to have a horrible season, but who do you think is in a good spot now that may fall off in this upcoming football season? If, if I had to pick one, I'd probably go Kellen Mons from Texas A&M. Um, he's been kind of a guy. It was similar to, like, Brian Lewerke that came out of uh, Michigan State um, last yes. year. It was yeah. Like, for two years, people were like, hey, man, this guy's good. Like, he could be good. He could be good. And, like, you know, he was at an okay level, and then he just completely fell off. You know, the last, like, year and a half he played. And it was just like, all right, you know, undrafted free agent. See what he has, I guess, in camp. And I, I don't know if Kellamon's going to quite have that bad of a regression, but he's just been kind of the same guy for me over the last couple okay. years. I haven't seen a ton of improvement. There are tools to work with. He makes some bucket throws that are, quote, special. You know, he, he is, he's a nice athlete. There are nice, some things to work with. 
I just, I don't think he's a quick enough processor. I think his release is a little long. I, I just, I'm not buying into it right now. I think there's so much for him to grow that I don't know if it's going to be the season that he quite wants playing in the SEC against the best, you know, teams in college football week in and week out. I got you. Um, I, I got, I got three guys. I'm going to wrap it up with these three. And I don't know how long we're going to go on these guys. I know I have some, I have some comments about Sam Ellinger myself and how he, how Pete, how he kind of went into last season. Texas is back. Oh, I think it was at 2018 Cotton Bowl. Texas is back, and then 2019 was the 2019 season. But let's just stick there. Sam Ellinger. I go to Kyle Trask here in a second. Um, but Sam Ellinger, it, he talk, he talks. Um, I don't put much stock into talking. Um, I am also a guy, I'll say that, I was hoping that the Texas Longhorns would go back to the way they were when I was a kid so I could once again root for that team down there in the Big 12 and the team that I root for in the Texas-Oklahoma rivalry. I was literally hoping he would take the next step last season to be consistent, more consistent there, but the season was what it was. Sam, Sam Ellinger, to you, what do you see and how do you project him? Well, it's, it's really funny, man, because, you know, you talk about Texas is back. I feel like Texas has been back for, like, four years now, and it still hasn't. <laughs> you know? I'm waiting, man, because, like, I mean, I'm like you. I remember that Rose Bowl with Vince Young and Matt Liner, Reggie Bush. I'm man, like, dude, let's so much bring, fun. bring that back, man. That was fun, you know. It was, it was so much fun just being a young football fan at that point. But we're – oh, man, Sam Ellinger, he is, he's not very good – um, I'm going to say that as nicely as I You guys can't see his face, but he's trying very, very hard to like hold that in, but he couldn't, he couldn't keep it, what his thoughts in his head. No, go ahead, Brian. Sorry. Uh, no, man, you're fine. I, I probably needed a break to be honest for a second. <laughs> <laughs> man, like he's, he, you know, he's 6'3", 230. He's a big, strong, athletic kid. He's just, he just doesn't have the arm. You know, it's, he just doesn't have a special arm. He's not a quick processor. His accuracy is all over the place. He's not an NFL quarterback, you know, as mean as that's going to sound. He, in my opinion, he's just not. Could he be an NFL athlete, though? And, you know, I, I hate to have that conversation about position switches, but, like, the kid's a big physical athlete, so he might potentially have that opportunity. I don't think it's going to come at quarterback, though. I really don't. You know, if, if, we, if you want to try to make him into the Taysom Hill gadget dude, whatever – possibility because he has some athletic tools to work with I'm just uh it's not great man and that's that's a great point Jay because that's one big guy right there that you can point to and say don't scout the box score because the box score will tell you that Sam Ellinger is good but the eyes tell you that he's just in he's just a solid college quarterback who is a good runner like that's just what he is so and I mentioned the box score um, earlier Ryan picked just mentioned it again as a kid Ryan I was a guy in high school, I was a sports nerd. I carried around the newspaper in my back pocket. Even when I worked my first job, people knew that when Jay, if Jay works the morning, if Jay was opening Starbucks, he would have sit down. I didn't drink coffee, so I would just sit down, take a break, get out the USA Today because the Indy Star wasn't – I don't know why I didn't get the Indy Star. It was local, but i get the USA Today and read it. And I would go read some articles. i read some local stuff, some high school stuff, big high school guy here in Indianapolis, and then all of a sudden, the box score. And that was, where, that, was, that was where I, as a high school uh, kid, spent most of my time. Oh, Le, uh, uh, LeBron, was a, LeBron had this many points. Kobe had that many points. Oh, 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 this guy threw that many interceptions. Oh, he threw for 500 yards. And, I mean, that's what popped out to me. And now as I'm older, I'm in my, I'm in my uh, early 30s, just had a birthday, so I, I hope I'm getting wiser. But at the same time, even, even late 20s, I'm like, the box score? I don't care about the box score. I don't, I don't care about that. Yeah, 50 points is great. Yeah, 400 passing yards is great. It's great, but how does that produce on the field to wins? You can do all you want with the touchdowns, zero interceptions. Justin Fields, four, I think it was before the Clemson game, 
40 touchdowns, one INT. But as you said so well about Justin Fields, the offense kind of fit it. And I think myself, I don't, I, I, I don't know how it is when you're talking to other scouts and things like that, but I try to tell people all the time, don't focus on the box score because that doesn't tell you the whole story. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm kind of the same guy. You know, I, I used to be obsessed with pro football reference. So I would just look up colleges, where they went to college, all the stats, try to memorize football stats. Like I was, I was that nerdy statistician guy, I guess, growing up. But it's real. It's so stats don't tell context. You know, right. there's no context to stats. You're looking at a stat and you see a stat line that might be good. Well, who's around the player? Who's the coaching staff around the player? What teams are they playing? What's their schedule look like? Like, there's so many things. Was their number one receiver out for four weeks of the, of the eight-game stretch? Like, there's so many things that stats do not tell you. That's why it limits the evaluation. That's why I want to watch because if I watch the game and I'm watching, you know, you mentioned the Colts. So, like, let's say I was watching Andrew Luck play quarterback, right? And then, like, oh, this four-game stretch, he really struggled. Well, T.Y. Hilton wasn't playing. Yeah. So, but the box score doesn't tell you that. It just tells you Andrew Luck threw this that many passes. He threw this many interceptions. He threw this many touchdowns. There's no context involved. And then, let's be honest, man, it also doesn't tell you what conference the guys are playing with. We just talked about Sam Ellinger in the Big 12. There's not much defense being played in the Big 12. No. There just isn't, you know, and, and we can compare stats all day, all long between conferences or whatever, but like where, and also where are the stats being put up? I mean, I think it was Jason Pierre Paul, the one year for, for the Giants, he had like 12 sacks, but like eight of them came in two games. Yeah, and it was yeah, just yeah. like, he wasn't actually good that year. He just had a great two game stretch. You know, it, it, it doesn't tell context and that's what we're missing. That's, I, I want to be, I want to use the film I actually I'll rephrase this. I want to use the box score to back up what I saw in film. It's the same thing when I went to the combine and I was able to be there in Indianapolis this year is I don't want that to tell me who's fast. I want to verify if that guy is fast or if that guy is not fast. Oh, I thought that guy was really fast. He ran four, three. Okay. Check. I was right. He's fast. Oh, that guy, I think he was a four, three athlete on film and he runs four, five. Well, then I may have made a mistake. I need to go back and watch the film. That doesn't change my opinion. That just adds context and makes and kind of summarizes if I'm right or if I'm wrong. Let's got two more quarterbacks for you, for you, Ryan. This has been fun. Um, Kyle Trask, it's a guy, interesting story, very fun story. Um, a guy that when I first – I was actually watching the Kentucky game when he got put in, Felipe Franks got hurt. I believe Felipe Franks got hurt on a fourth down run. Um, I don't think he got it. I think, I think Kentucky stopped him. And then all I hear is Steve, Steve Levy saying, I say this because I just rewatched the game. Oh, wow, Franks is down and he's not getting up. I don't know if those are exact words, but that's kind of the context. He didn't get up. Kyle Trask comes in. First time starting, I don't believe he started a game in high school. I mean, it's the weirdest story that I've seen of a kid that comes in fully confident and in my head I'm thinking oh he's a true freshman no this cat could cut he could have gone into the league last year but didn't have enough enough experience stays in school he's ready to come again this year what do you see how can he how can he improve just kind of give me your um report on Kyle Trask so it's I mean just to add to you a little bit it's a really interesting story because like you said this guy was a backup quarterback in high school because he was on the same team as De'Ara King you know, he was a backup. Why do you and, say that? Because he's the next one I'm going to ask you about. Oh, man. All right. We're not talking to guy. Couple Florida guys to end it. I like it. Um, yeah, so Trask, you know, is, has been drafted over now. This will be his third year, obviously, as, as a redshirt senior. So a guy that was not on the radar, was always seeming to fight for that starting spot with Felipe Franks, but didn't quite get it. And he is – I'll say it like this. He's being a beneficiary right now of being the guy after Felipe Franks because Felipe Franks is also 
like Sam Ellinger, not it. He's very, very bad. So they went from a bad quarterback to a pretty solid quarterback. You know, they moved, they made that move. And then Florida fans, of course, and, you know, a lot of media, honestly, are like, oh, man, Kyle Trask is the real deal, he, you know, because they're just so used to not good quarterback play. And they suddenly get good quarterback play, and it's like, oh, man, all right, he's good. He's really good. And in the reality, there's a lot of good things about Kyle Trask. You know, he hits those size thresholds. I think his arm is good enough. It's very solid. Um, I don't think he's a great athlete, but I think that there is an easy there's some natural accuracy for the most part. I'm just struggling because it's the experience factor, right? Like he hasn't had those game reps. He's a slow processor right now. Can he get there? Yeah, and I totally get why some people really like Kyle Trask. I'm kind of middling with him right now just because if he doesn't improve, I'm not sure what the floor is there. You know, I think that he could take that jump and then maybe potentially be that backup quarterback buying for starting level, you know, play at some point. But for now, I'm just kind of in wait and see mode with Kyle Trask, but I definitely get the fascination with him. I, I'm really excited for him to see uh, some more game reps because there is some talent coming back to Florida, man. We talk about Kyle Pitts at tight end, but they have some wide receivers, Kadarius Tony, Trevon Grimes. Like there's a lot of talent there. So, I'm excited to see what Trask does. I'm just in wait and see mode for him right now. I just get kind of get. I gave the hint of who the last quarterback is, and in the website, I forget the site that I looked at earlier before Ryan and I were talking. Just to kind of give a, a quick list of quarterbacks here. But I, I got down to uh, Brock Purdy, Zach Wilson, Emory Jones. Nowhere on their list, and I know he's not on yours. The Eric King, a guy that was at Houston last year, a guy that went him and the receiver, I forget his name, that decided to quit after game four because of a new rule that allowed them to play four games and then be able to redshirt, still call that a redshirt year, and then come back the next year. This is a new way for the NCAA to adapt to what's going on. And I was like, I don't like the move. I don't like – I think you're quitting on your team. That's, that's literally how I, how I viewed it because I didn't really – I don't – it just seemed very odd to me about what's going on and how Houston was playing um, with that season. He goes down to – De'Ara King goes down to Miami. He's recruited, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to be a hurricane. And I got a buddy on Twitter, and I have seen a lot of hurricanes be very, very excited, very happy for him to come this year. I've never been a big fan. I understand the whole Kyle Trask, De'Ara King thing in high school. I think in high school, he works very, very well. In college, he can work very well. Waiting to see what's going to happen in this upcoming season. I mean, if you look at his stats last year, I don't, I don't remember them popping off the screen from the four games that he played last year. But De'Aaron King, from what you've seen, I don't believe the hype. Do you believe the hype? Why or why not? I, I haven't bought into the hype for the last two years. You know, I have not bought in. It's I again, man. He's I get the fascination. You know, he's an incredible athlete. There is no doubt about it. He's played slot receiver for them. He's played quarterback, and like you said, like on the high school level, especially that works. On yes. the college level. It can work. And it did work at Houston, honestly. Two years ago, he had a really nice season, no doubt about it. But there is just baseline fit, um, accuracy that you need to have. There is baseline timing that you need to have. There is the fact that, like, yes, a smaller quarterback can play in the NFL now. We've seen it with Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson and, you know, even Drew Brees and Baker Mayfield. Like, those guys are six foot, you know, or less. So we've seen it become more of a thing. But you're still ultimately betting on an outlier if you think that it's not going to be a thing. And, and it's not even that the fact that, like, he's below six foot. I've heard that he might be 5'8". Oh, wow. So we're oh, dealing, wow. Right. We're dealing with a very, very small quarterback. Not just small, because Russell Wilson's small. Well, I should say short. He's not small. Kyler right. Murray is short. Russell Wilson is short. That is really, really small. That is really short. So 
I get why Miami, again, it's like the Florida thing. Miami hasn't had good quarterback play in some years now. So, like, they just are like, oh, man, look at the guy stats he put over two years ago. And I think that he's going to do a solid job for Miami. But if we're talking from an NFL draft perspective, right, right. I wasn't buying into the hype last year. You know, if you were on Twitter last year in, in the, in the quote-unquote, you know, draft world or whatever, everyone was buying stock into the Eric King. Because he can make a couple nice bucket throws down the field. But, nah, man, I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm not going to be there. I think he's going to do a solid job for Miami. I don't see him as an NFL quarterback. Um, he's a similar guy that I think there might be a position switch in his future sometime soon. Ryan, I couldn't have you in this conversation without one before letting people know where they can catch you on Twitter. Talk about Keaton Slovis real quick. I know he's not up in 2021, but please, that's your guy. Guys, me and Ryan are talking right now via Zoom, so he has a smile on his face. Keaton Slovis real quick. Um, yeah, man, go at it. I mean, so if you look at my bio on Twitter, I got, I got, I got it now to Keaton Slovis truther instead of Keaton Slovis for president because I didn't want anybody to come out with political, uh, you know, <laughs> fire on me or whatever. Even though he probably would be a better president than somebody, but we, we'll talk about that <laughs> later time. Um, Keaton Slovis, man, it's really fun. You know, he was only a three-star recruit, takes over from the injured JT Daniels. It's and then this kid comes in and this little and this number nine, and it's like, what you know, what are we expecting? And then he has a couple nice games in a row, and you're like. Okay, that's awesome, man. Keeping the seat warm for JT Daniels. That's great. That's wonderful. Doesn't stop. Doesn't stop. He gets banged up at some point. I think he misses like a game or two. He comes back. He's still the same guy. He throws for like 34 touchdowns, nine interceptions, completes like 72% of the passes. And, you know, we're talking about box score there, but then you go watch the film. This guy has some of the best throws from I've seen in the last couple years on film, man. And it's not just arm talent because he does have a nice, talented arm. You know, it's not the strongest in the world, but it is more than good enough. But the accuracy that he has, the timing, the ability to throw from different arm angles, and the most impressive part, and I found out that he is a Kurt Warner disciple. Oh, wow. So it, it makes total sense. He's been working with Kurt Warner for a couple of years. It makes total sense that his, from a technical perspective, he is so compact. He's ready to fire at all times. His upper body and lower body are always in a line. He is just so advanced from a, from a um, mechanics perspective for a kid his age because he was like 18 or 19 years old playing Pac-12 football and like Pac-12 is not great defense it's better than the Big 12 but it's not great but every week man I saw him play against Notre Dame and I'm like I'm a Notre Dame fan if you didn't know but like for, for every single drive I'm like dude this number nine is just like it, it wasn't even like because Notre Dame won the game but it was just like this guy is pesky man like he just mm -hmm. won't go away he's mm -hmm. keeping them in the game and he's only a freshman. I was expecting like, oh, we're going to, you know, destroy this freshman. And then he's just keeps coming back, man, keeps coming back. And I think that there's going to be a conversation in two years on who's quarterback one for 2022. You know, we're already talking about 2022. But Sam Howell <laughs> from North Carolina, uh, Jane Daniels, the quarterback from Arizona State, all very talented. But, man, I haven't seen a kid this advanced from a footwork and just um, from, a, from a mechanical perspective um, – I haven't seen a kid this age be this good. He's just always in rhythm. He's always ready to throw. I love Keaton Slovis. I feel like if that's just what we saw for freshman year, I'm, I'm just excited to see what he does over the next couple here now. I'm excited for him too. You mentioned Sam Howell, uh, Jaden Daniels. I'm excited to see football, sports. I'm excited to see anything right now. Um, Ryan, this has been fun. We'll have you on again in the future. Talk about another um, group of players for the 2021 draft. Kind of keep this trend rolling to get us prepared. I know it's June 30th when we're, we're recording. This will drop in a couple of days. But I know it's, it's early. It's, football hasn't started yet. But we can start preparing now for what's going to happen next spring. Ryan, let the people know where they can catch you. Um, and then also talk a little bit about the podcast names and where they can catch those as well. 
Sure. Yeah. So on, on Twitter, I'm always, I'm very active, as you know, Jay, you know, if you want to talk draft, you want to talk football, college football, NFL, anything, rise, the letter N draft on Twitter, rise and draft. Uh, again, director of scouting at NFL Draft Bible, check out that site, check out the handle at NFL Draft Bible, uh, analyst at TDDR underscore draft room, which is the dynasty draft room, do some content there. Um, do, I'm working obviously with the Believe Podcast Network now for the NFL Draft and then I'm also starting to write for Pro Football Network. So I'm all over the place. Just go to Rise and Draft on Twitter to follow everything that I'm doing. And, uh, you know, Jay, like always, man, I appreciate you inviting me on here. And uh, it was it was a ton of fun to talk ball here for a little bit. I forgot one thing. The FCS thing on June 9th. Please plug that really quick as well. Yeah, that's a good call. Very good call. So, yeah, at, at NFL Draft Bible, we're doing an FCS show July 9th, 8 Eastern time. All you have to do to sign up is email myself or you can DM me, but the email is ryan at nfldraftbible.com. We work with players from all levels. So I, I put together a panel of nine to 10 guys who are all Americans, future NFL draft picks. They're exceptional football players on the FCS level. And it is a completely free event. Uh, just come on. It's a panel. Me and Jody Leon will be the, will be the, um, the hosts for the event. We're just going to go through some of these players. I think it's really fun because a lot of guys in the FCS – there is different circumstances for why they ended up on a quote-unquote lower level. So we're going to kind of dive into their stories a little bit. I think it's going to be really informative. I think it's going to be a ton of fun talking to some of the best players on any level, honestly. We talked about – I know Jim Nagy has been talking about some of these guys. we got Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa who's on the Senior Bowl watch list. we got Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa. we got Dylan Radins, the offensive tackle from North Dakota State that everyone's been talking about. So we have a great crew, a great panel. We're excited for it again. That is July 9th, 8 Eastern time. Email myself at ryan at nfldraftbible.com to reserve your spot. And I will also be retweeting that video. Ryan put out a couple videos recently. I'll be retweeting that video the same day. So I'll be very active on Thursday morning when I release this episode. I'll tweet the link out to this. Uh, share Ryan's uh, podcast, I believe, Podcast Network. And then also the video of Ryan um, plugging FCS, um, the panel that he talked about. Ryan, thank you so much. In a few months, maybe two months, depending on how sports goes and things like that, we'll have you back on again. I'll talk about another draft class, I mean, a uh, draft um, – group excuse me draft group to kind of just deep dive analyze um what's good what's not so good who can improve who may not ryan thank you so much for coming on once again here on the jay stevens podcast awesome thanks again jay north dakota state has found a way to form a well-oiled machine and it turns out great talent it turns out wins Year after year after year after year after year. And this year is no different. This year they had their very talented squad. Trey Lance is just one of many guys on that squad that are very, very talented. But one thing I'm wondering is, how do they do it? How do they stay consistent? And then what in the world is it with these quarterbacks? They had Carson Wentz one, and now Trey Lance another one. Trey Lance falling under the radar. A guy that's an FCS quarterback that won't get the same notoriety as a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. But as you heard, I have heard people say Trey Lance is QB1. I have heard people say Trey Lance is QB2. The website that I mentioned uh, in, in my conversation with Ryan Roberts, that website had Trey Lance as QB3 above Jamie Newman, above Kellen Mond, above Sam Ellinger, above KJ Costello. 
Costello, above Tanner Morgan, above names that you're familiar with, but for some reason, this cat has something that is special. You know what I like to do with people that have things that are special, that have uh, abilities, and that that are blessed with the uh, capability to perform at a, high, at a high level on the football field week after week after week after week? I like to watch their games. I like to focus on them. So there may be a good chance in the future when college football season starts that there is a Trey Lance segment here on the podcast because Ryan Roberts hyped him up. But you know what I'm going to do? Focus on him to see if Ryan Roberts and what he said about Trey Lance is true. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. If you're not on Twitter and you would love to connect with the podcast, see your emails to jstevenspod at gmail.com. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people that search for the podcast to do to come across this one. Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and somewhat wired. To tell other people about, tell about it if this was your first episode or if you have been listening since episode number one. Be sure that people know about the podcast. This has been episode 110 of the JCO's podcast. I'll see you next time. <laughs>